This episode of the Series A podcast is brought to you by the Blockchain Founders Fund. The Blockchain Founders Fund is a global entrepreneurship and investment fund that focuses on adding value to emerging technology and blockchain projects with real-world applications. The Blockchain Founders Fund supports seasoned and first-time entrepreneurs across the key business functions with a hands-on intensive go-to-market venture program. Now on to this fantastic new episode. So we are speaking today with Rain Takahashi. Uh, Rain is a founder at Jountin. And Jountin is a digital distribution platform enabling on-demand and embedded insurance as a service. And uh, this startup is based in Toronto. Rain, welcome to Series A, the podcast where we talk about uh, venture capital and startups. How, how are you doing this morning? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me, George. Uh, okay, so let's start. Uh, if you can tell us uh, a few words about you and your background and what uh, led you to start Jontin. Sure, yeah. Uh, so I used to be a former consultant. And uh, during that time, I, I, I traveled a lot, as you can imagine, uh, when you're a consultant. And uh, I would have to get travel insurance every time I went somewhere. And I noticed that uh, every time I would go to get travel insurance, I would have to fill out the exact same form that I filled out last time, even though the insurance company already had my name, address and all that. So I so it got really annoying. So I wanted to simplify that. And that's why I, I started Jaunting. So let's uh, elaborate a little bit on that because most of the people who travel don't, uh, don't uh, worry about insurance, uh, if I am correct. So why, do you, why did you get insurance every time you traveled? What do you mean? Oh, uh, because I was a freelancer, technically. I didn't have uh, coverage through work. So I had to get my own. Okay, I see. So it was a problem uh, getting insurance from place to place. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so did you start uh, Jontin by yourself? Exactly, yeah, I'm a solo founder. So uh, I'm, I'm the only uh, founder of the company. Uh, and right now we are a team of uh, 11 people. Oh, very nice. Uh, so how long ago did you start Jontin? Uh, in 2017. So it's been, uh, I guess, going on four years. Mm -hmm. I suppose it's a full-time job, right? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, I finally am able to pay myself uh, as of uh, 2020. So uh, I didn't have a salary for the first couple of years, but uh, I, I was finally able to pay myself a small salary starting in 2020. So yeah, I'm pretty happy about that. So is that salary coming from venture money or from revenue in Jontin? Uh, both. So we do have revenue, but we did uh, raise a pre-seed round uh, in 2020. So it, it's a little bit of both. Okay. Could you elaborate on the seed funding for our audience? Whatever you may tell us either either it is numbers or investors or whatever you want to yeah. tell us yeah it's uh, mostly uh, us investors from uh, silicon valley um it was a pre-seed round of uh, 900,000 uh, us and uh, a mix of vcs and angels mm -hmm. and uh, did you approach the investors by yourself 
or did you have any consultant help you? Yeah, uh, it was uh, mostly uh, ourselves, uh, ourselves. So uh, the uh, networking and going to events and meeting investors. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, now with the pandemic, that uh, everything, at least for the past year, was online. Um, if if you were to do this process uh, during the pandemic, would you think it would be easier to approach investors or more difficult? I would have to say more difficult. Um, a lot of investors, uh, the feedback we got is uh, they have a hard time investing in somebody they haven't met in person. So we got lucky because uh, we had met all our investors in person before uh, the pandemic really started to uh, take hold. So the timing uh, worked out for us. But uh, yeah, it was, I would say it's probably a lot difficult now if um, investors aren't willing to invest unless they meet you in person. Mm -hmm. And um, are you uh, going to be raising anytime soon? Yeah, uh, so we are looking to do our next round, uh, seed round uh, for uh, Q4 of this year or maybe Q1 next year. Uh, we're just working through some of uh, our, like our pitch deck and our um, strategy right now, so. Okay, so 900K was pre-seed. Was that in Toronto or in the United States? Uh, it was in the our Toronto Canadian company. Yeah, we're a Canadian uh, startup. So, okay. So, I'm asking because it seems like a, a big number for pre-seed. I didn't know that these numbers are in Toronto, in Canada. Uh, so, what would be seed and what would be Series A? Um, I think uh, in the U.S. the numbers might be a little bit uh, skewed upward, but uh, we're probably looking at a two, three, four million dollar round uh, to be decided uh, for our, our our next round, which could be called a Series A or maybe a, a large seed round. Um, but um, in the U.S., a typical Series A usually goes ten million and above, mm -hmm. from uh, from my experience. Yeah. Okay. So, um, are you going to uh, ask the same investors uh, to do a follow-on, or are you targeting totally new investors? Uh, both. So we will definitely uh, offer our existing uh, investors the opportunity to uh, join in again, uh, and then we will uh, probably have to also expand our uh, investor pool slightly as well uh, because it is going to be a bigger round. Uh, we'll probably need to uh, skew a little bit more towards VCs instead of uh, angels. Yeah. And are you worried about dilution? Um, short answer, no, not right now. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, dilution from our standpoint, uh, I'm, I'm not too worried. I guess that's the advantage of being a solo founder is uh, I don't have to divide that between multiple founders. So I do have a little bit of uh, extra room there. And does your team have uh, stock options? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, everybody, uh, our early employees or all our employees yeah, have uh, options right now. And uh, when do you think you are going to be profitable or does this even matter for Jontin? Uh, yeah, so uh, based on our 
financial model right now, we're looking at uh, profit profitability in uh, 2023. So uh, in a couple of years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Did your CFO make this uh, uh, prediction? Yeah, um, between myself and our uh, our CFO, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, exactly what you guys do, and um, what is your uh, uh, what is your revenue model, uh, the business mm -hmm. model? Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we charge uh, insurance companies uh, a setup fee to uh, join our platform, and then. Uh, once it's live, we charge them a software fee uh, where uh, based on volume. So depending on how many sales they make on our platform, we get a certain uh, SaaS fee. So it is volume based. And then on top of that, uh, any business we bring in directly to uh, them through channel partners in our own sales efforts, uh, we get a commission from. So if I want to use Jontin, um, what, what is the persona of your client? Do I have to be a frequent traveler to use uh, your service? Oh, uh, so uh, yeah, uh, we don't do travel insurance, but uh, we, do, we do other types of insurance, everything from events to liability insurance to uh, health in the US. So if you wanted to use our platform, uh, you would have to be an insurance company. We, we, we aren't a consumer facing brand. Um, you are a B2C company? No, we're B2B. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how many uh, customers are you projecting uh, in your business plan? If that's a number uh, that you can share with us. Yeah, uh, right now we have five partners and uh, with obviously a pipeline of other ones that we're hoping to sign over the next uh, six months. So is any of the five like a big whale uh, or all they are more or less uh, they have the same weight with you uh, they're all yeah big insurance companies uh, in the US so uh, I can't name them uh, on here but if I said their name uh, the, anybody in the US would know who it is yeah mm -hmm. and um, are you affiliated with the blockchain founders fund Yes, uh, so they are uh, shareholders, yeah. Okay, and uh, are you doing anything on the blockchain? Uh, no, we do not uh, do anything on blockchain right now. Okay, is that in future plans or not in your business model at all? Uh, in future plans, yes. So one thing we wanted to do is use uh, blockchain to keep track of the short-term insurance policies that we, we uh, process. Uh, so yeah, it's definitely something we're exploring. It's just that uh, we haven't had an opportunity to uh, dive deep into that yet. Any ideas how you would go about doing this? Uh, uh, into blockchain? Yes. Uh, no, we don't have a, have a, a finite plan yet. Mm -hmm. So that's where our blockchain founders fund would be consulted uh, once once we get there. Okay, so reading your your deck, I found something that said uh, protection gap. So I'm not sure I understood it very well. Can you elaborate on what the protection gap is and the problem you are solving? 
Yeah, absolutely. So the protection gap uh, is essentially the difference between somebody wanting insurance and not being able to get it. So for example, let's just say I were to come to you and say, George, you're an insurance uh, agent. I would like uh, insurance for tomorrow because I need to help my friend move. And, and you say, sorry, I can't, I can't provide coverage to you because it's just uh, too short notice. I need at least a week, so on. Uh, so right then and there, there's a protection gap. I, I need protection, but you as an insurance uh, agent or a company can't give it to me. So that's what uh, the gap is, is uh, when there's a gap between someone wanting insurance and not being able to get it. And how does your platform help solve this gap? So the main culprit of a protection gap is the inefficiencies between uh, uh, in the distribution of insurance products. So right now, it is a very cumbersome process to get insurance. You have to contact an insurance agent. They have to contact the insurance company. The insurance company takes weeks to get back to them. Whereas with our platform, we've automated a lot of that through our microservices. So you can actually get insurance instantly. So going back to my example, um, say you wanted liability insurance to help your friend move tomorrow. Our platform can automate the whole process of getting insurance to the point where that person can actually get that insurance right then and there on their phone without having to call anyone, talk to anyone. It's all automated. And uh, therefore, the protection gap has now been filled. Somebody wants insurance and they were able to get it, even though it was only for a short period. Uh, Rain, what kind of what types of insurance uh, are you providing? Uh, so we do everything from uh, event insurance. So, for example, let's just say you're having a wedding, and the the church you're having a wedding at requires you to have your own insurance. So we do event uh, insurance uh, uh, like that, uh, where you can get it all digitally. You don't have to call anyone; it's instant in real time. Uh, we also do. Uh, liability insurance we do health in the u.s so um everything really f except for auto and home would that would these uh, categories be in future plans um honestly no because uh it is very competitive uh we've decided to focus on uh, focus on niche areas uh, another example i can give you is in the u.s we do snowplow insurance on-demand snowplow insurance. So you, you can get insurance for only on the days it snows. So uh, it's a very niche market, but we're the only ones doing uh, that in that market. So we've decided to focus on these niche areas that are underserved and it's been quite successful. And is the US your primary market? Yes, right now it is, correct. Uh, what are the expansion plans, if any? Uh, naturally, uh, we're looking at Canada. Uh, it's, it is a smaller market, though, but then uh, we're hoping to do Japan and Europe next as well. Mm -hmm. So Japan is where you are originally from? Correct. Yes, exactly. I'm Japanese born there. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so your market opportunity slide in your pitch deck is slightly different from what I'm used to seeing. Uh, was there any reason you don't mention Tam or Sam? Uh, yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite questions. Uh, so when it comes to the market opportunity slide, uh, if you've ever heard the term uh, a bird in hand is worth two in the field, um, 
we wanted yeah. to showcase how Uh, George, can you hear me? Uh, George, I think you're on mute, if you can hear me. Okay, so we were talking about Sam and Tam before yeah. we were cut off. Yeah, uh, so uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll start over. So um, if I were to come to you as an investor and say um, the insurance industry is a trillion dollar industry that we're going after, that doesn't add any value to the conversation. Everybody in the world knows that the insurance market is, is massive. So what we did was we took a bottom-up approach where uh, we focused on our current opportunities and wanted to show our investors or potential investors what each of those opportunities are worth. And we can give you a reasonable estimate on what those opportunities are worth, worth because they're signed contracts. Uh, so um, we're, it's not so much of a guess. I mean, it's still an estimate, but at least it's a reasonable estimate. But anything beyond... Uh, three years, four years, five years from now, it, it is a guess. Uh, so we wanted to really focus on our current opportunities, what they're worth in the next few years uh, without having to get into too much, oh, if this happens, this will happen and then we'll become a billion dollar company. We felt, we felt that it'd be more worthwhile to our potential investors to see what the real opportunities are based on our real contracts that we have right now. Mm -hmm. Um, going back to venture capital uh, discussion, yeah. um, how easy was it for you to 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 get the first uh, term sheet or a yes to an investment? I mean, how many uh, VCs did you visit before you get the first the, the first uh, uh, commitment? Oh, geez, uh, <laughs> um, lots probably. A hundred between angels and VCs. Uh, I've probably talked to over a hundred uh, different people over a course of 18 months. And so to answer your question, yeah, getting that term sheet, it takes time and effort and resilience. Um, so yeah, it, it was not easy. <laughs> oh, you also talked to angel investors. Yeah, exactly. So our current round is a mix of angels and VCs. Okay, so did you say and eighteen months? Yeah, <laughs> from the point uh, I started talking. Uh, did you did you think of yeah? Did you think of quitting? Oh, I, every day, every day I think of quitting. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> just the nature of us, the startup life. Um, but in all seriousness, yeah, it, it, I've it crosses my mind. It crossed my mind quite a bit because when you're raising money you get rejected 99 times before someone says yes. So you have to get used to getting knocked down 99 times and then getting up a hundred times. So as, as uh, cheesy as that sounds, yeah, it's, it's hard to keep going. And I, I, I consider quitting many times. <laughs> and uh, Rain, were this, uh, the no's that you got, the 99% no, were they actually swift no's or did they, uh, go black on you? Uh, both. Uh, so early on, uh, admittedly, we probably uh, started pitching too early. So we were just too early of a company for many of them. 
Um, and then other ones, yeah, uh, some of them, uh, yeah, you're right, ghosted us, or uh, whereas some other ones definitely just said no, uh, which is fine. Um, so it was a mix, I would say. So when you started the pitches, did you have something built or was it just an idea? Uh, yeah, we were, uh, when we started pitching, uh, we did start to have revenue um but it, it it was still very minor but it was we did we were revenue generating at that time oh so you already had a team and you were bootstrapped exactly yeah it was a team of three at that time okay so now you have a pre-seed funding you are in a good position and um, what is your timing of your next raise and uh, let me continue on the on that question uh, what milestones are you hoping to achieve beforehand to convince investors to invest in you? Yeah, so uh, timing-wise, we're looking at about Q4 of this year or Q1 next year. Um, we're just finalizing our pitch deck. Um, it's, I would say, 80% complete. The only things that we're waiting on is we have uh, some additional contracts out right now uh, with uh, insurance companies that we want to get signed before we start pitching because I don't want to start pitching to say, Oh, we, we are about to sign additional insurance companies. I want to make sure those are signed because that makes a, a better story. And then uh, another thing that we're working on right now is uh, getting licensed in all the States. Uh, so we're, we're close to having that complete. So once that's done, that again, makes for a better story. So those are like the milestones right now that we're focused on. So are get, you are getting licensed in all the United States? Uh, correct, to sell insurance, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you said you are planning on raising on Q4 of this year. Yeah. Uh, are you going to run out of money at that point? Um, Possibly, <laughs> uh, well, because obviously we're not we're not profitable yet. Uh, that shouldn't be a surprise. But uh, yeah, we our runway right now is you're looking at about uh, eight to ten months is what we have left, uh, based on expected revenues and uh, our current uh, balance. So shouldn't you be raising right now? Yeah, exactly. We have to start going. So our, we're just waiting on the contracts to be signed and then we'll be, uh, we'll be able to start pitching. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what would you say is your unfair advantage about your platform or what do you do differently? Sure. Yeah. The first one uh, um, is uh, with the high switching costs. So once an insurance company is on our platform, um, it gets very expensive for them to switch off of it because, uh, for example, uh, with one of our partners, our, our platform completely replaced their legacy, existing legacy system. So if they decided to go to one of our competitors, that'd be a very, very expensive undertaking for them to switch off of us to get all the data and then uh, apply that to the new partners. So in that sense, uh, there's a huge barrier once we're signed with an insurance company. Uh, the chances of them leaving us are, are, are quite low just because it's too expensive. And then the other one, uh, um, not necessarily an unfair advantage, but one thing we do do differently uh, that I hinted at at the beginning of this conversation is we uh, focus on niche markets. So a lot of our competitors, they focus on auto and home and fair enough because they're massive opportunities. But uh, because of that, uh, 
the niche markets like snowplow events and so on have been ignored. And that's where we're finding a lot of success. And uh, do you have plans on incorporating in the United States? Uh, we are incorporated in the United States. Uh, we do have a subsidiary there that we use for our U.S. Uh, uh, customers. In which state? Uh, Iowa. Oh, how did you pick Iowa? Uh, we went through Global Insurance Accelerator. Uh, it's an accelerator in Des Moines, Iowa. So uh, naturally, we, we wanted to support uh, the state because they supported us. So we incorporated in Iowa. Mm -hmm. Uh, describe, if you can, for our audience, uh, the times when you are pitching to VCs. What are the difficulties? Uh, what are the tough questions? What annoys you when you pitch in VCs? And at which point do you understand uh, that it's going well or it's a disaster? <laughs> uh, you know, it's a disaster when they don't get back to you or uh, they say no. Um, after the first meeting, uh, you know, it's going relatively well if they want to meet with you again. So uh, I would say those are the two main indicators. Um, as for questions, tough questions, um, I think for us, um, what we've learned is if the VCs or investors don't have experience in the insurance industry, it is a little bit harder to um, convince them. Uh, because insurance is very, it's a complicated product and you, you kind of have to know the ins and outs of the industry to really appreciate the problems that we're solving. Um, other than that, let's see. Uh, yeah, the, the competitor question is always a tough one, uh, which I hinted at earlier. Um, how we're different from our competitors is always uh, a, a tough question to answer because our, our competitors, to be honest, are doing uh, uh, good work as well. So it's, uh, it's almost like, are we doing it better or are we just doing it in different markets? Uh, and then uh, the other one is definitely the market size slide. Uh, as, I, as we discussed earlier, um, everybody knows the insurance industry is a trillion dollar market. So how do you distill that to the point where an insurance or an investor can understand what the true opportunity is instead of just me saying, oh, it's just it's a big trillion dollar industry. Yeah. Um, so when you go apply for funding to a VC, do you actually see if they know anything about insurance or do you only care if they have available funding to, to invest in, in your company? Oh yeah, we, we're definitely strategic. Um, one of our criterias to take money is um, whether they have any connections at the very least in the industry. Because if uh, it's one thing to give us money, but it's another thing to be able to help in our business development process or our partnerships. So it's not about just uh, having an investor that comes in, gives us money and leaves. We want someone that's gonna help, help us work with us and grow our, help grow our business. Mm -hmm. If you were to compare this process of applying for funding to the process of a college of a college application, uh, how would uh, how would you find parallels to these two procedures? Uh, I would say the main thing is the pre-networking, uh, getting to know the school or investor um, ahead of time before you apply. So before I pitch, I, I don't 
meet, I don't go to an investor the first time I meet them to pitch them. I go there to, to get to know them. I want to know what their um, criteria is for investment. I want to know what excites them, what doesn't excite them. So it's more of an informal conversation. And then through the relationship building, uh, that's where uh, you, the uh, chances of them investing in, in you in the future increases because it's not about just showing up and asking for money. It's they get to know you over a, a, a period of time. And at the end of the day, when it comes to um, seed round and pre-seed and seed round, they're investing in the person in the team and not uh, always just the business. So if they don't, if they're not comfortable with you as a person, then the chances of them investing in you uh, is, is quite slim unless you have a really, really, really exciting business. Um, at the end of the day, they're uh, investing in the team. So, mm -hmm. uh, Being from uh, Japan, uh, you are aware of the famous Japanese venture investor who is investing in the <laughs> United States and all over the world. Would that yeah. be a, a good uh, target for you to go and apply for partnership with the Sun? Uh, eventually, yes. Um, who, I have looked into it and we're still a little too small for him, but uh, perhaps for like our Series B, I think they would be a, a great target. Uh, main reason being because we do embedded insurance, uh, embedding insurance into uh, um, uh, a phone company, like a cell phone company, like SoftBank, would be, a, I believe, a, a good fit. Because uh, your cell phone tells you so much that we can we can start to automate insurance. So depending on uh, where you are with your phone, we can turn on certain types of coverage. Uh, for example, travel insurance would, would be an easy one. Um, so yeah, it would be a, a good fit because a lot of their current portfolio are in the sharing economy and uh, uh, tele uh, telematics space. So yeah, one day, hopefully, we can get in front of them. Uh, talk to us about your partnership with the Blockchain Founders Fund. Have they been helpful or is it just uh, funding? Yeah, they've been extremely helpful. So uh, they helped us with our, our last round, our pre-seed round. So um, Ali and Mansoor are both uh, great at um, uh, investor introductions. Uh, they'll help you, or they helped us um, everything from our pitch deck to our uh, our meetings and our presentations. So yeah, they've been very helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, Rain, before we close our conversation, do you have any final words for our audience? Uh, final words? Uh, I guess, yeah, don't give up. Um, like I keep saying, if you get knocked down, you just have to get back up. That is part of the startup game, unfortunately. Um, if you're getting into the startup space thinking it's gonna be easy or, or anything like that, just don't. <laughs> uh, it is uh, one of the hardest things that you'll ever do in your whole life. <laughs> okay, very well said. Uh, Rain, it was a pleasure. We will be surely watching John Tin. Thank you very much. Thanks, George. Take care.